Hello there. This is Wale Olulano, the presiding apostle of Harmony Christian Ministries. I'm happy that you can join us today in our podcast. I pray today's message will encourage, edify, and illuminate your heart, wherever your circumstances may be. Please relax and enjoy. Several years ago, long before anyone in this room was born, a missionary was on his way to my hometown. His name, Henry Townsend. And they had to go all the way by road to Abelkuta. There were no motor cars. He was going to preach his first message in my ancestral compound. If you go to Abelkuta today, you will see how beautiful the place has been done up with a cenotaph to commemorate that day. That's not my story. On the way, right on the road, he saw bananas, pawpaw, all kinds of fruits by the roadside. But there was no attendant. There was no single person to direct how the sales would go. And he wanted some of the bananas. So he said to his interpreter, how would I pay for this? So you see the number of stones by every batch of fruit represents the number of calories you should drop. He said, is this not stupid? Supposing I take the banana, nobody sees me. He said, look up at the top of the little roof there. There was, you know, uh, corn cob, the, the leftover, it was burnt and was pierced with iron rod. He said, is that voodoo? He said, no. The owner is saying to you, if you take my products without paying, you burn in hell. He said, the people I'm going to preach God to already know God. When that last song was going on, I had to open my note to show pastor and to show my beloved friend. Therein, I describe our God, the Ajagun Shegun, who has never lost a battle. And so when they were singing, I said, do I need to preach anymore? I'm going to be preaching to the choir because you already know the message for today. Is your God victorious? Is he a man of war? Has he lost any battle before? Will you lose any? Please jam your hands together again. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. It gave me such pure joy for us to be here again today. This is my first time since COVID. <laughs> thank God that you are alive. And thank God that I'm alive too. It is the mercy of the Lord. Many people stronger and healthier than us are gone. But we are still here. We give him glory and praise. The theme that I saw on the flyer, E-Flyers, taking territories. And I just got completely intoxicated by that, those two words. 
And so you will turn your Bible with me this morning, then we pray for the entrance of his word to bring light and understanding to the simple. For God to help us to be doers of the word and not hearers alone, deceiving ourselves. For us to receive accurately, moment by moment, inspiration, illumination, and revelation. That will not perish with the wise men of Babylon. That will be on the cutting edge of what God is doing in our day. In the name of Jesus. Second Samuel chapter 11, only one verse. Verse number one. Second Samuel chapter 11. Verse number one, it reads, and I quote, It happened in the spring of the year, at the time when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab with his servants with him, and all Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon, and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. Those of you who are very familiar with this text of scripture may jump into the conclusion that I'm about to teach on the consequences of moral tumble that befell David after he committed adultery with Bathsheba and subsequently killed her husband Uriah the Hittite. One of the reasons I believe the word of God, the Bible is true, is that such stories are recorded. Politicians in this age will not only kill the media house that will publish it, they will jail everybody that will ever write it down. If man had written the Bible, he would not have said, husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. He would not put that there because he gave himself, not his things for the bride. He will find a way of saying, husbands show love to your wife by giving them things because that's faster. But to give yourself tough. And no woman would have written, if it was uh, a woman that wrote the Bible and not inspired by the Holy Spirit, no woman would have said, submit yourself to your own husband. Because this submission is creating a lot of trouble. But stories like these are in the Bible so that you know that God is real. That he can make a message out of a mess. And that regardless of your frailties and your faults and your letdowns and your disappointments, if he focuses on you to use you for his glory, he will still do so. Or else, Pastor Wally, please teach me. What integrity will Moses have to teach thou shalt not murder? Or is it not part of Ten Commandments? You can imagine Saul of Tarsus who became Paul standing and said, we have wronged no man. We have cheated no man. Paul. There are widows in the house whose husband you jailed. And he said, if any man be in Christ, it's a new creation. Oh, thing, only God can make that happen. Just look at you looking beautiful like nothing has gone wrong. And you know all the hierarchies you have committed. If you don't know yours, I know mine. But thank God for Jesus. So I'm not talking about David and Uriah or Bathsheba. That's the title of 2 Samuel chapter 11. If you read it in your Bible, you see the title. David, Bathsheba, Uriah. But that's not what I'm about this morning. What I'm about is in the times 
the kings go to battle. In the times, the kings go to battle. In ancient times and in recent history, especially during the colonial era in Africa, when the so-called colonial masters scrambled for Africa, kings and leaders of such nations went to war, mainly to extend their territorial influence and to increase their resources or their wealth base. I had the privilege of reading a brilliant essay last night. It was sent to me last night by Pastor Walid. And I had it printed out for me. I read every page of it and underlined. It was written by my granddaughter, who just sang beautifully here, choosing Odulano. Part of the essays she's submitting in the University of Birmingham. After I read, I said, Lord, Nigeria will flourish again. The title of the essay is, Why did leaders of independent African states not redraw the map of the continent during the 1960s? And she wrote, in 1960 alone, 17 African nations received independence. The map of Africa by 1960 looked very different to how it did 75 years earlier prior to the partition of Africa at the Berlin Conference. To settle arguments between Great Britain, Germany, and France, for example, colonizers negotiated their claims to the land and formalized the decision by creating a new map upon which they agreed. Is it not amazing that some of the nations you see today, they didn't look like that? The map that emerged as a result of the conversation was arbitrarily drawn and followed the process of map drawing during the times of war. As it was, a decision made for the sake of efficiently managing their colonies and protectorates. You see how they jammed the north and the south of Nigeria together. It was southern protectorate and northern protectorate, then matched them together for administrative ease. In 1914, choosing advancement reasons why the then emerging African leaders did not bother to redraw the map of Africa or restore it to what it was before. Among those reasons, I am highlighting two. One, they concluded at the first meeting of the Organization of African Unity not to begin the adverse process of cartography because of the fear of inter-tribal and ethnic wars, loyalty to former colonial masters and their methods, and the fear of losing deposits of resources. The second point really caught my attention because it's about Nigeria. She wrote, the major loss of life and violence from the Biafra war is a direct result of the creation of a nation which had been forced to construct a singular national identity, despite the fact that preferential treatment had been given to particular groups and vast cultural differences existed. In the case of Nigeria, she further wrote, the main reason why the war for unity was fought was because of the wealth of oil in the Biafra region, 
which was crucial to maintaining and growing Nigeria's economy. If their generation get to know the true history, then we are better off. She then concluded in part, natural resources are one of the main reasons for the maintaining of borders across Africa. What a brilliant essay. Where is chosen? Where are you? Where is she? If she's not in the house, please put your hands together for her on my behalf. I'm giving you a hug by faith. That was a brilliant essay. Oh, maybe it doesn't have what to preach. Wait and see. People of God, what many people may not know is that this is not new. It has always been part of ancient history, especially from the days of Abraham down to this day. The first recorded war in the Bible involving Tida, the king of nations, and his allies on the one hand, and Father Abraham called Abram at that time, on the other hand, was fought over resource control. Who can tell me the resource? Asphalt. Is there in Genesis chapter 14. So it's not new. From the text of scripture that we have just read, 2 Samuel 11, 1, it is very clear to me that taking territories in those days was by waging wars, spearheaded or led by the kings of the nations at war. Thank God, our king is the Ajagun Shegun, the victorious one who has never lost any war, the man of war who will not lose any. From eternity to eternity. Can I hear? Amen. I want you to please pay attention also. That it's not only for taking territories. That the kings go to war at a particular season. They also will fight from time to time. For the preservation of their own territories. That happened when the king of Ammon died. And his son came to the throne. And David said, oh, that guy was very good to me. And sent ambassadors in 2 Samuel 19. Sent ambassadors to go greet him. And the men of war around him said, hey, 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 hey. Moses has, I mean, David has sent them to spy the land. And they cut off their beard, cut their, <laughs> their clothes halfway in the middle. And they returned to Israel in shame. Eventually, this unprovoked war had to be fought. But Joab said something that I want to leave with you this morning as we are getting ready to take territories for God. First Chronicles 19 verse 13. Be of good courage and let us be strong for who? For our people and for the cities of our God. And may the Lord do what is good in his sight. Be of good courage. Let us be strong. That was a campaign slogan. A three-word campaign slogan. Courage. Strength. Goodness. Courage. Strength. And goodness. They were ready for war. They had to encourage themselves. 
I'm saying all this because I do not want you to believe the lie of the devil from this day forever. That there are nations that are impossible to conquer for God. That are territories that are impregnable. Don't believe a lie. No matter what the missiologists have said, and I'm not saying they said wrong things, but do not misconstrue the labels they have put on those nations. Unreached people. 940 window. Bamboo and iron countries. I am not saying they are wrong. I'm just saying their argument is inferior to what we have to conquer those territories. Do you understand me? I'm not going to waste time telling you about 940 window this morning. You all have read the book. In fact, they brought another one now, 9 to 5 window, to target those who walk. They are in 9 to 5. There will be so many. And it's not wrong. I'm just telling you that those arguments will fall flat when God zeroes in on a people and he finds a person at a period he releases provision. You didn't get that. I'm going to be sharing some things with you this morning. I call them the fundamentals of city taking, the fundamentals of taking territories for God. That which our eyes have seen, our ears have heard, and our hands have handled, informed what has been presented to you for your consideration. And if you find them to be the truth, run with them. Before I get into the nitty gritty, let me share this with you. When the Lord Jesus asked his servants or his disciples to pray, what did he ask them to pray? He said, the harvest is truly plenteous in KJV. In, in the New King, he said, plentiful. Why? He saw them as sheep without shepherd. They were harassed. And he said, the harvest is truly plenty, but the laborers are few. Pray ye the Lord of harvest to send the laborers into his harvest. By chapter 10, verse number 1, he called his 12 disciples to himself, and by verse number 2, they become apostles. Why? He empowered them. He gave them power over unclean spirits, not to debate with them, to cast them out, and to heal the sick, and raise the dead. And he said, oh, by the way, you must know your territory. Do not go unto the way of the Gentiles, nor to the cities of the Samaritans. I'm sending you only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. They are lost, they are in the house. <laughs> That's where you're going to start your own ministry. Your evangelism has a target. Lost sheep of the house of Israel. 
I don't have time to teach on that because it will take a while to decode it for you because he said, I'm sending you as sheep into the midst of wolves. It is the lost sheep that are wolves. If you doubt it, go to Acts 20. He said, many of you will rise. Grievous wolves will come and devour. Many of the people you call pastors are butchers. They just gather people together for lamb chops. But their season of judgment has come. Those who like to take the preeminence in the church are about to hit their waterloo because of the season we are entering. Do you understand me? He wants to be the head of his church. And not you and not me. Can I hear amen? amen. They came back and they said, and reported to him the things that the Lord had done. He sent the 70 also. They came back and said, even the demons are subject to rose at your name. <laughs> so, why is mission now such a tough thing that we are finding difficult to do? I was like passing the microphone to the apostle, my friend, because he's seriously into missions. Now, I thank God for his life. Omega 2 will succeed beyond your widest imagination. Omega 1 was not a flop. Omega 2, they are operating how many nations of the earth now? 46 nations of the earth supporting missionaries, uh, giving to them from time to time, encouraging them, teaching them, being there for them. It's wonderful. God bless you, sir, for your labor of love. You will not lose your reward in Jesus' mighty name. But is it possible to evangelize the whole world before Jesus comes? Is it possible for in this generation that every nation will bow to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Or we have difficult areas that are impossible to penetrate. I'm not sure you've read about the underground church in China and in Russia and what God is doing in the midst of them. If God could save and is still saving and if we had saved this Muslim boy, he can save anybody. Because I didn't, I, I wasn't ill, I wasn't sick, they didn't take me to evangelist for prayer. <laughs> No, I was not in church to receive Jesus. That's why I never will use the word, I found Jesus in 1974. I will tell you, he found me because he was not lost. I was the one lost. I came to church to take photographs, to earn some money, and he arrested me. End of story. Do you understand me? Uh, there had never been a preacher in my family. I never desired to be a preacher. Never. Even after I became born again, I didn't know I would ever preach. I had a triangle drawn, boom, law, business, politics. That's all. That's my life mission. And suddenly he threw the spanner into my wheel of progress. And turned me into man wearing suit and tie on Sunday and preaching. Ma'am, I didn't apply for this job. Maybe your husband did. You know, he was the director of army in Nigeria. This man seated here. He was director of Nigerian army. Uh-huh. People with power. 
But listen to me this morning. And I'll come back for part two whenever we decide. I'd really love to give you what God gave to me. Would you like to receive it? I call it template for global mission. Biblical template for global mission. But that's not what you're receiving now. Don't type. I'm not going there yet. God is not Pharaoh that will ask you to bake bricks and not give you straw. He has figured out how everything will pan out before he asks you to start a finished walk. You will not break down in the name of Jesus as we begin to catch new territories for God. How many of you really want to take territories for God? Oh, I can't see your hand up. Uh, let me pause here and quickly tell you something that can work against you. Do you realize that it was Joab who attacked or besieged Rabbah? That David was at home messing around. In the cool of the evening he came, you know the rest of the story. And he had a one night stand with one of his devoted military officers. Uriah the Hittite. I mean, not a Jew, not from any of the tribes. He was a Hittite, but totally sold out to God. He said to David, how can I go and be enjoying the comfort of my bed with my wife when the armies of Israel and the ark of the covenant of the God of Israel was on the battlefield? No, I will not go to my wife, king. <laughs> Tried to get him drunk. First night, second night. He said, I tried to protect your life. Once this adultery is found out, somebody will have to die. And it's not me. Uriah, may your soul rest in peace. David sent the first parcel bomb in history. And if you are terrified by suicide bombers, the first one in the Bible was something. Let me die with the Philistines. So be careful. These things are not new. They don't terrify me. Banditry, terrorism. You read Leviticus 26. God says, if you do this and you do not reform, I will punish you seven times. You see terror there. You will see all kinds of things that they are not new. We have a work to do. Let's not be petrified and terrified. Are you with me? So Job went, sir, besieged Rabbah. And when he had won the battle, he stayed outside and sent for David. Despite his frailties, despite the blunder he had just committed, he said, David, we have conquered the territory. If I was stepping before you, it would be named after me. So come quickly so that it can be named after you. The problem why we are not seeing many nations conquered why we are not seeing many nations' territories taken is because we do not know that grace and apostleship have been given to us for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. If you are driven by your ego, if you, all you want is men to know who is in charge, 
And who has taken that one, who has taken this, you won't last long. No. Read the story well. It took rubber, but it was named after David. Read your Bible. So say with me, we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Are you ready to enroll in the army? Are you ready to join the city takers? In those days, at the then Lateran Assembly, uh, I will have time to share more of that with you in the days to come. We had what we call Charismatic Revolutionary Army with 12 battalions. And we had SSS, North State Security Service, Saturday Soul Winning Soldiers. The moment we announced it, security men started attending the church. Some of their directors or members were actually, they thought we are, we are up to something. I come to church on a Sunday, particular Sunday. Church, what time is it? And they would scream back, it's time to take over. Then I would ask, how? So there are wars to fight. There are giants to kill. There are cities to take. We are God's warriors. We are giant killers. We are city takers. And we stand our entire environment. Because you say you must begin in your Jerusalem. If you're not useful in your community, why do you want to take new territories? Charity begins at home. The geographical boundary for every mission-oriented saints and mission-oriented churches, the geographical boundary are only four. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, Watermost part. Don't jump! We will deal with that later. But let's just see how many of you really want to take territories for God. You really desire it. Okay. Now these are my 10 fundamentals. If you, if you have not lost any finger, you should have 10. If you have lost one, I'm not trying to mock you. Accidents do happen. If you have 10 fingers, I want you to wear the things I'm about to share with you on your fingertips so that you know them. You know them in your heart. And you are ready to flow with them. Why are we so sure that we can lose this war? Why are we so sure that the evangelization of the world is a done deal? Why are we so confident because the world who is sending us to battle does not lose any war? Pastor Wally, several years ago, Pastor Agbola was a protocol officer getting visas and things like that. I was to go to Melbourne, Australia in 1993. And as I go to the Australian embassy and get me a visa, and he submitted all the documents and everything, tickets and everything, and the woman sent for me and said, let the person appear himself. So I went. I said, why are you going to Australia? I said, I'm going there to preach. He said, you are flying first. I said, yes. This is 1993. I started flying first in 85. It's not new. He said, you are going to preach there. It's too far. I said, that's my business. He said, I refuse you the visa. And I looked at her. I said, welcome to my life. Nobody refuses me visa. I'll bring you a gift from Australia. And I turned back. I came to London, called my friend, Benga David of blessed memory now. I said, Benga, are you free to go to Australia with us? He had British passport. He said, yes. Okay, this is Dr. Adubajo's passport, my passport. Go get visa. He went there, pam, pam, pam. They give us visa. 
I bought him, bought her a gift, returned to Nigeria. I said, you remember I promised you that I'll bring you a, a gift from Australia? You do not have what it takes to prevent me from going to where God sends me. No nation! That's what it takes to do that. If you are sent, if you have not gone on a frolic of your own. What is the first thing you must know? Are you ready? God has sworn an oath that all the earth will be filled with his glory. That's my own starting point. Anytime I consider a mission and I consider praying for a particular country, he has sworn an oath. In Numbers 14, 21, he said, As truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with my glory. When Jesus asked his disciples not to go to Samaria, is it because he was going to exclude Samaria? Because it was not the assignment, it was his. He was going to break this place open by a casual conversation. Not crusade. By a casual conversation with an Elizabeth Taylor. Married five times and now just living arrangements. You understand me? Fetch water and I'll take care of you. But why are you laughing at the woman? Have you been married to five husbands? Excuse me? Why did you have to tell a lie? You've not been married to five husbands? Are you sure, ma'am? Ah. Do you have five senses? I'm not going there. Everyone is married to five husbands. Seeing, hearing, taste. All those things guide you instead of the Holy Spirit. They are your husbands. The sixth one is humanistic philosophy. But listen to me. By casual conversation, it was going to open up the whole of Samaria. And all men of the city knew this woman. So even in her past, God is glorified. She was a key to the city. But a man like Peter would have bypassed her because of prejudice and gender issue. But that was God's person for that city. She ran and said, come and see a man who told me everything I did. He stayed there for three days because of that casual conversation. And the people said, yes, when you told us to believe your story, but now we believe I saw because we have seen him. This is truly the Messiah. Look, what did he take, sir? How many vigils did Jesus do? I'm not against prayer. I pray. My house shall be called a house, a house of prayer for all nations, not a house of Cadillac and mansions. Say with me, the Lord has sworn, the Lord has sworn. All, the all the earth will be filled with my glory. Even if this is the only point I take today, it's enough for me. Because if you understand this point, every other thing will fall into place. Will fall into place. What does God need to fill the earth with his glory? He needs you and me. He can do without us. He chose to include us. Because it's a God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. Who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God on the face of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? If you still believe in the impossible, in doing the impossible, you will see the invisible. That's what the Bible says. He endured seeing the invisible. If you believe this thing that the one who swore that all the earth will be filled with my glory had concluded on how to do it, just waiting for you to wake up and smell the coffee. 
Lift up your hands and bless his holy name. He had sworn all the earth will be filled with my glory. Point number two, because of time. For God's glory to spread across the planet, knowledge must increase. Hello. Oh, I love this part. And you and I, with your architectural insight, can really decode this. For the glory of the Lord to spread across the planet, what must increase? Knowledge must increase. What kind of knowledge? Let's back up a little. It's war. All the air to be filled with my glory. But he needed someone on earth to speak like he spoke in the beginning. Let there be light, he said. So in the last prayer of David, the son of Jesse, in Psalm 72, he said, let the earth be filled with his glory. Someone took what's in heaven and brought it on earth. Why? Forever, oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. And if you can find someone who believes that word to bring it on earth, then confirmation will follow declaration. Are you following me? David said, let the earth be filled with your glory. And Isaiah, in the year that King Uzziah died, said, I saw the Lord. He was high and lifted off. His trail filled the temple. Angels could not behold his glory. With two wings, they were flying. With two wings, they covered their feet. And with two wings, they covered their eyes and they were shouting, Holy, holy, holy as the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with your glory. It was after that revelation they said, who shall we say? Who will go for us? It simply means those who will evangelize the world the way God designed it are carriers of his glory. They are carriers of his glory. I'm a carrier of his glory. You're a carrier of his glory. If you don't believe that, go to John 17. Say the glory they have given, you have given, have given it to them. I'm a carrier of his glory. If if they help me to preach this, Lord. Help me. Do you know what God told Daniel? He said, in the end time, knowledge will increase. Daniel chapter 12, verse number 4. Knowledge will increase. Habakkuk told us what that knowledge is. Is the knowledge of the glory of God will cover the earth in such a way there will be nothing left as the waters cover a sea. If you don't believe these things, don't even step into mission. You will burn out. You you'll be discouraged. You will you will, you and and you'll be looking for those who don't even understand what your assignment is. Have you read Isaiah forty-three? Thus said the Lord. Jacob, I created you. Israel, I formed you. So it would take the new creation, formation, and being carrier of his glory. He said, I have created you for my glory. Everyone I've created for my glory. I've created him. I've formed him. If God does not fill you, he cannot form you. He does not form you, you cannot carry his glory. He would take the carriers of his glory to the nations because that's what they are looking for. That's why it's arise and shine for your light has come. And what? The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Darkness shall cover the earth 
and grass darkness the people, but the glory of the Lord will be upon you, and kings will beckon to you, come into your light. Look, please, I'm serious about what I'm teaching. This is my life. I call God to be a witness. I'm, trying, I'm not trying to impress you. I sat in one spot. I couldn't leave my iPad. It's about time to put these things on record so people can see and learn. Let's not make mountains out of more hills. He figured out everything. He swore. All the earth will be filled my glory. And he said, knowledge will increase. Now, ladies and gentlemen, as knowledge increase, this is the era of knowledge explosion. Can we really give any excuse when the early church without printing press, without complete Bible, no telephone, no radio, no television, no satellite, no social media, no internet, reached the whole world, the then known world. Do we have any excuse? Do we? What is missing, we are sending non-carriers of his glory. Okay, let me explain that because I don't want you to think I'm saying uh, there's a special call. Uh, indeed, there is a special call. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm closing my note. I don't need it anymore. Uh, when, when you have my time, I'll sit with you and step by step, I will deliver it in a manner that apostles do, that does not make me apostle, he's an apostle. <laughs> My son should be greater than I am. So Esther is not here. I've ordained Esther also as apostle. I'm sure you were there when she was ordained. Uh -huh. Listen. When God said, Daniel, give me Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. I can close with this. If this is all I say today, I'm fine. There's more to say, but if you get this, you go back home and say, Lord, give me war. Ah, Lord, just, just come, take over my life. Make me a carrier of your glory. That's what the kings are coming into. They're not coming to find English and find suits. And nice leather shoes and Diamond ring and perfumes and say, well, please, uh, I, I thank the Lord oh God Almighty for this day. It's such a joy to be here. Um, we've been traveling, my wife and I. In, uh, uh, darling, what number is this? This is our 20th country this year. Uh, it's global tourism. Because <laughs> there's no impact anywhere. Nobody's feeling anything. Daniel 12, 4. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and sealed the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. You can eat breakfast in Nigeria, lunch in London, and dinner in Los Angeles in one day. But here is the key, my son. He said, shut up the words, Daniel, and seal the book. Was it God who shut up the words? No. Was it angel who shut up the words? No. It was Daniel. Daniel, what I'm giving you is for the end time. Shut up the words and seal the book. 
question. Did Daniel understand what he was asked to shut up? Did he understand what he was asked to seal? Give me verse 8. Let's make these things clear today because God is going to use you mightily in the mighty name of Jesus. Give me verse 8. Daniel 12, 8. Thank you. Although I heard, I did not understand. Then I said, my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? <laughs> Next verse, continue, sir. Verse 9. And he said, go your way, Daniel. For the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. What's going to happen at that time? Many shall be purified, made white, and refined. But the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise will understand. Do I have wise men in the house that will understand this season? It was not shut up by the angel. It was not sealed by the angel. It was shut up by Daniel. It was sealed by Daniel. And Daniel confessed, I did not even understand. So how do you tell someone who says to you, go to Hong Kong and shut down church? I say, okay, Lord, before I go, uh, <laughs> what would I say when I get there? What, who shall I say sent me? That was the problem of Moses. Because for 40 years, he had been deprogrammed. He was mighty in words and deeds, but now he said, I'm a stammerer, slow of speech. So are we going to unseal this? Very simple. Very, very simple. We will need the frequency that Daniel carried to begin to unseal the book and not shut. He carried a frequency that enabled him to get things. And you just need to read Ecclesiastes chapter 12. You will find it. It says, the preacher searches for acceptable words. He's not searching for words to please you. He's searching for what will open your laptop. This has Password. Yours has password. If you don't tell me what the password is, even if I take your documents, I can't access them. So, and he said, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. Those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we might be able to walk the walk of this law. But not only that, the secrets of the Lord are with them that fear him that he might show them his covenant. When you read Ecclesiastes 12, you will see frequencies there. Acceptable vocabulary means you have gotten the access to divine mysteries that will open up a city or a nation and that's why you can't rush ahead and go without being told. Number three, God in his wisdom gave all the nations of the earth their inheritance and he alone determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. That's the literal amendment to my daughter's note. Those that gathered together, uh, the Belgians, the... No, uh, they didn't even know what they were doing. They called it Balkanization of Africa. But with the hands of these colonial masters, a huge nation was forced together 
not forged. It's called amalgamation. That's a language for welding. We are welded together. But look at the share market. Look at the share population. When that giant truly rises, the world will have a place to thank God. I'm not kidding. I'm not going to wait around the side of those who are looking for secession. I don't believe in oppression. Any constitution that does not bend will break. I've said so much of that. But God used the hands of those who do not even know what they are doing to carve out a giant nation in the midst of French territories and to position it there. Does not realize what is about or what a destiny is yet, but he will begin to look for scribes and those with understanding and said, The season is here. I'm doing this in you, I'm doing this in your nation. Go declare it. If the love at you, stop, don't stop declaring, just keep on declaring it. You're not going to beg them, they are going to beg you. God gave inheritance to every nation of the earth. Every nation. Every nation. If you see a nation that they say is backward, is third world country, you should rejoice because God lives in third heaven, you live in third world, it's local call. It makes it a lot easier. They are doing long distance because they are in the first world. Listen to me, I'm serious. Deuteronomy chapter 32, God gave inheritance to all the nations of the earth and predetermined their boundaries and the time of their visitation. Are you with me, sir? If God did that, then accurate timing is crucial for territory taking. You can run like Moses to deliver the children of Israel 40 years earlier. You are the one that will leave town. He will still use you. He will come back 40 years after and say, oh, by the way, you didn't read what I said to your grandfather. I already determined that they will spend 400 years there. You are trying to frustrate it when it was 360. I set my things in order. You can't accelerate me. I know what I'm doing. I have told him that nation will have to leave them 400 years. is predetermined. So 360 years to the time you can go to the backside. We need to prune you. He predetermined the boundaries of their dwellings and he gave them inheritance. So if there is timing and we run out of time and not in time, we are going to become a casualty of needless warfare. Very simple. And what it says in the book of Jeremiah interests me more. Is that whenever you miss the appointed time, you become noise. You become noise, not a voice. You become noise. Pharaoh has missed the appointed time. It's become a noise. I don't want to be a noise. I want to be a voice like that of Samuel who speaks and God confirms. From the day that God called him to the day of his death, his words did not fall to the ground. That's what I desire. So I want you to lift up your hands and say, Lord, plug me into your accurate timing. Give me a sense of your Kairos moment. Let me understand when my time comes. So like a, a fish caught in a cruel net, that will not be my portion in the name of Jesus. 
Now, God gave all that he had given to the nations and predetermined their boundaries of that their dwelling place and the times of their visitation because he wants all men saved. He wants all men to come to repentance. He does not want anyone to perish. Do you understand this? Does he want China to perish? Does he want Saudi Arabia to perish? Does he want Russia to perish? Does he want America to perish? Does he want Nigeria to perish? Why do you join those who say uh, this country is this and this country is that? Hey, nothing can happen there. No, let's, let's be on the side of the Lord. I can see all the trouble that's... Hey, hey, hey. Do you know the man called Abakok? In my Yoruba Bible, it's called Abakuku. The Kuku family are related to him. He began to pray and he said, God, why do you show me? The law is powerless. There is corruption everywhere. There is violence everywhere. Law is so weak. Everything is... And he complained and complained. And God said, look among the nations. I'm about to do a thing that if you are told, you not believe it. So I stop talking to you. Keep on murmuring. Keep on complaining. Dollar is now one dollar to five hundred and fifty. How is that your business? Why is that your headache? If a loaf of bread is sliced, if a slice is sold for one thousand dollars, I will not ask God for daily bread. I will ask for the bakery. Because I'm his son. So I can feed others. Do you understand me? I'm about to do a thing in the nations, Abacock. If you are told you will not you stop believing. You start complaining. That's why I'm not talking to you. He has a second question. Your eyes are too pure to behold evil. Why don't you do this? These men are spread their cruel net. Heaven was silent. He said, I'll mount my watch. I will see what he will say to me. It's better for him to rebuke me and correct me than for him not to speak to me. When he was ready, he said, right division. Make it plain. He said upon tablet. He knew this day we come. He knew about window before Big Gates was born. And if you are looking for live streaming, check Jeremiah. <laughs> he said they will stream with joy unto me. He knows all these things. He knows about technology more than you do. And if you look at me and say, but you're not technologically service, I sent you to school. That was what my mother told me. Listen to me, my friends. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, let's use our tongue. Let's yield it to God to begin to create the atmosphere that we want to see in our nation and in the cities of the world. He does not want anyone to perish. He wants them to come to repentance and to the knowledge of the Savior. And may God use you for his glory in the mighty name of Jesus. For the salvation of the world, God's unspeakable gift to mankind is Jesus, the Lord, who over 2,000 years ago gave himself as an offering to God, a sacrifice that fully paid for the blunders of mankind. What else do we have to add to that sacrifice, sir? Nothing more to add. Nothing more to add to the sacrifice of Jesus. 
Ladies and gentlemen, you want to take territories? Look unto the cross. Settle there. Settle there. Look unto the cross. Settle there completely. How do I know? Psalm 22. Elohim, Elohim, lama sabachthani. <laughs> Did God answer him? Yes. The answer is in that psalm. He said, you have answered me. What was the answer? All the nations of the earth will come to bow. They will come to what? Because you are the governor among the nations. May God find you fit for this assignment. In the mighty name of Jesus. May he find you fit for the master's use. He had paid the price. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He did not send his son to the world to condemn the world but that through him the world might be saved. I want to pause here and share one thing with you. I'll tell you the rest in future. In Acts of the Apostles, chapter 4, let me begin to read from verse 5. I want to show you the profile of a carrier of God's glory. They don't look qualified. Sir, they didn't go to UI. Neither did they go to Unilag. <laughs> they were not in Birmingham University. No. They were unlearned, ignorant fishermen. But when they saw, ah, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. They took knowledge that had been with Jesus. I want to ask you a question and then you can take over from here. There will be plenty to share in the days to come. I send all the notes to you. Go preach it son. <laughs> question. What made them recognize Peter and John? If you infer your answer from the scripture we've just read, ma'am, you said they saw their boldness. Was Peter bold before? Do you know who he was addressing here? The chief priests, the rulers, the leaders of Israel. The Bible says as he opened his mouth, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. What's the Holy Spirit? The glory of the Father. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? When they saw the boldness, Akba, was that the reason? They took knowledge. They acknowledged that they have been with Jesus. They knew. Is this the first time that Peter and John were with Jesus? Go read John 19. You will know. That, the, that John was well known to the high priest. That it was he who negotiated for Peter to be brought in. Yes. That he sat in that judgment court. They already knew him. But there was something they couldn't deny. This 40 year old man. 
that was born lame from his mother's womb, that was sitting at the gate called beautiful for all his life, that had been begging for arms. Do you know what they said? That, that a notable miracle that cannot be denied happened. We, that this man did it, we are in trouble. They are now doing exactly what Jesus said they would do. This is the problem. Is this a full gospel church, sir? Or half? It's full gospel. Thank you, PR, for answering me. He didn't answer. Is this a full gospel church? Then I'm going to pray the Father, and we are going to agree together. The gospel is not fully preached until it is preached with mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Holy Spirit. Not stage managed miracles, not credit alert, not angels stealing money and distributing money. Those are devils. I'm talking of real, tangible, that a notable miracle have been done by this man. We can no longer deny it. But how do we threaten them that they should not preach in that name anymore? Say, so we cannot stop. That which our eyes have seen. That which our eyes have... Look, this is Simon. Uh, I denied before. I have a farm back. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit now. I'm different. I'm a carrier of his glory. May miracles begin to happen like commonplace in our lives and ministry. May God return his power to the church so that we do not labor in vain nor bring forth for trouble. This is the missing factor. Stand to your feet this morning. I want you to ask and pray, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit afresh. They threatened them. They went to their company and prayed again and they were filled with the Holy Spirit afresh. I'm sorry for every complaint. I'm sorry for every time I've been discouraged. You have finished your job before you ask me to come and do it. I thank you that I will be the right person, the right place, at the right time for the right reasons. I'm presenting myself to you afresh. That you will give me your technology for city taking. Your technology for territories taking. You have sworn an oath. All the earth will be filled with your glory. Nothing can change that. You're merely looking for carriers of your glory. Whose word you confound with signs and wonders. And nations after nations after nations will open to them. With all that we have at our disposal. In the means of knowledge explosion. We'll reach the world. And we'll bring them back to you. In Jesus mighty name. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. Our special thanks go to all our partners who give generously to support our ministry. You are welcome to be one of us. If you'd like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message, please do call us on plus 44 208-597-3110 or you visit our website on www.hccenter.org.uk. May the peace of the Lord guard you and keep you till we meet again. God bless you.